Has God ever made a way for anyone in this house? Come on, hallelujah, testify in your worship. Hallelujah, when I didn't see it working, God was working things out for my good. Somebody lift up your voice and magnify him. Hallelujah, Lord, you never stop, God. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, come on, all across the building. Just begin to talk with him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, all across this house, I feel him. I feel him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may not see it working out yet, but I'm coming to tell somebody he's working. You may not see it working, but he's working. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse number 9. I want to say it's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. All your smiling faces. Amen. Nothing like being in the church. 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse number 9. So the king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And they fetched a compass of seven days journey. And there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them in the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. Skipping down to verse number 15. And Elisha says this in verse number 15. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, You shall not see wind neither shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand, and you shall smite every fenced city and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree and stop all wells of water, and mar every good piece of land with the stones." And it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was made that, behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. He said, make this valley full of ditches. You won't see wind. You won't see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water. 
And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, the progression of a miracle, the progression of a miracle. Would you set down your Bibles and let's lift up our hands and let's pray that God would speak to every mind and every heart. Come on, that's it, church. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We're praying for miraculous power in this house here today. We're trusting you for it. We're believing you for it, God. And we're giving you glory and honor and praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you. And you can be seated. The progression of a miracle. The introduction to our text here today is letting us know of a rebellion that is coming against the people and the children of Israel by this group known as the Moabites. These, these are people that have consistently stood against Against the people of God. It would be all the way back in the book of Judges that they ran into the Moabites. And there was a man by the name of Ehud that was left-handed. And he took a dagger and he, he got rid of Eglon the king. And this is, this is right after they have entered into the promised land. And so this group has stood in opposition against Israel time and time again. Then you will look further. There is now a new king by the name of David. And David has gone through and he has, he has defeated the Philistines. But David did not just stop with the Philistines. The Bible says that he also defeated the Moabites. And the Bible says that he subdued them. And they all became servants of David. All it took was one man of God to subdue an entire group that had been absolutely wreaking havoc among the nation. All it took was one child of God to say, I will not go any longer. I will not go one more day with this oppression. I will not go one more day with these people always confronting. Amen. David made it up in his mind. I'm going to deliver Israel once and for all. So he didn't just stop at, at, at conquering them, but the Bible says he subdued them and he enslaved them. But now here we are years later. We have three groups, Israel, Judah, and Edom. And they all are trying their best to subdue this enemy by the name of the Moabites. They have decided to rebel against the rule that David put them under. After all these years, they no longer see somebody like unto David. In fact, the Bible would say that the king of Israel was not one that did right in the sight of the Lord. And can I help somebody here today? Amen. If we don't live right, if we're not doing right, you can't expect to keep things under your feet. Hallelujah. I hope I helped somebody right there. If you want, if you want absolute victory, you've got to be in alignment with God. 
If you want deliverance, you got to absolutely be in alignment with God. If you want that old devil to be under your feet, you got to make sure your life is staying under the hand of God, under the anointing of God, under the power of God. That's where liberty is. That's where power is. That's where deliverance is. Oh, somebody shout and give God praise. But this enemy has decided it's a great opportunity now that now that there's no longer a king in Israel that is watching and 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 trying to defend, I'm going to rise up. And 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 that's just how some struggles are. Some struggles are 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 they do their best to be reoccurring struggles. Anybody ever been there where you went through something and and then it, it goes away for a moment, then you go through it again and it goes away for a moment, then you go through it again. And, and there's some struggles of life that almost are cyclical and they go through this cycle and they're always happening and then they're gone and then they're subdued and then they're happening again. And and that's just the way things work. And often that cycle can be stopped again by one person. Uh, making it up in their mind, I'm going to be right with God. One individual that says, I will stop the cycle. Did you know you can stop the cycle of your trials? You can stop the cycle. Amen. All you got to do is say, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be subdued by that cycle. Amen. You can go through it over and over and over again uh, and make it up in your mind. I'm just going to change this. I'm just going to change that. It can try to go in its cycle, but I'm going to stand firm. Hallelujah. Somebody worship him. You got to be careful. If life is going in, in, in a cycle, that means you're probably going in circles. Children of Israel, how many times they come past that mountain in 40 years? They're just going in circles, and they've seen that grave before, and they've seen that trouble before, and they've seen that trial before. And, and I've learned, and I thought it was kind of funny when I first started reading the Bible. I thought it was funny that these people couldn't find their way to Israel. Uh, they, could, they got out of Egypt just fine, but they couldn't find their way into the promised land. And then I lived for God a while, and I started, I started realizing I've seen this before. <laughs> I've been through this before. Anytime you start recognizing reoccurring problems, uh, you've got to take a moment, you've got to hit pause, uh, and you've got to recognize why this problem keeps coming in circles. Amen. Amen, because this is, this is what happens in the progression of a miracle. Sometimes, uh, amen, to get that miracle, we have to have a manifestation uh, of problems. Everybody likes to hear about miracles, but not many people want to be a miracle. Sometimes those things in life, they come around full circle, and, and some of these things are not due to anybody's fault or anything that they've done wrong, but, but, but there is a prayer to see the miraculous, and there is a prayer and a desire to see God do something great. But often there comes with that prayer for the miraculous a manifestation of things that don't seem so miraculous. There comes opposition that shows up at your front door when you are trying your best. Amen. Because along with Israel, there was a tribe of Judah, and Judah was doing their best. Judah means praise. They were serving God. They were doing Jehoshaphat was doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Amen. It was no fault of his that they were fighting the Moabites again. And yet here he was, and he was in a struggle, and he was in a battle because there was a manifestation of opposition and this is where they made a decision we are going to do something about this Edom and Israel 
and Judah, they all got together and they said, we're going to fight against this rebellion. Can I tell you, with every manifestation of opposition, with every manifestation of problems, with every manifestation of trouble and trials, there's got to be something that rises up in a child of God that says, I will not be satisfied with this. Amen. If I had victory over it once, I'm going to have victory over it again. You cannot allow things you've had victory over to start having victory over you. If you've ever subdued it, if you've if you've ever had the victory, if you've ever had liberty, don't settle for a life that is less than full liberation and full deliverance. You got to fight back. Can I preach to somebody? You got to rise up in your spirit and say, Moabitess, you're going down. Oh, somebody praise him. And it was due to the fact that there was a manifestation of problems and trouble and that there was something rising up and there was opposition that it leads to the next level and the next stage and the next progression of the miraculous and that is a word we call desperation they got to the place where they are now chasing down their enemy. They recognize we've got to do something about this. And as they're about to do the right thing, as they're about to do the will of God, as they're about to get victory, the Bible says they went around for seven days. Amen. They fetched a compass or they went in circles for seven days trying to find this enemy so they could do something about it. And the Bible says they ran out of water. Now you got trouble, you got problems, and bad goes to worse. Anybody ever lived there? Hopefully you don't live there permanently, but I, I've been there a few times in my life where I went through trouble, and, and trouble went through trouble, hallelujah, and, and problems went through problems, and, and things like that just seem to multiply, and there is a multiplicity of opposition when you are trying to do something right. And, and, and in this, they, they start looking for water and leave it to Israel. This guy that ain't living for God... To say, God brought us out here. Mind you, it wasn't God's decision to bring them out there. <laughs> we got to be careful not to blame God for our decisions. Amen. For <laughs> That's for free. Hallelujah. We got, don't blame God for your bad decisions. I, I promise i got to do my best to not blame God for my bad decisions too. So it's a human problem. But, but Israel says, God brought us all the way out here to kill us. How many times has Israel said that? That's just in their repertoire. They got that in their dictionary. They just always pull that up. That's their favorite tweet. They're retweeting it every year. They just, God brought us to kill us. God brought us out of Egypt to kill us. God brought us into the promised land to kill us. God brought us into Egypt to kill us. God is now taking us all the way out to the wilderness. Amen. Instead of defeating our enemy, God's brought us out here to kill us. I want you to know something about God. God doesn't bring you nowhere to kill you. God doesn't bring you out to destroy you. He doesn't bring you out of sin to destroy you. He doesn't bring you out of the world to destroy you. He doesn't bring you out of addictions to destroy you. Everything God brings you out of means he's got something he's trying to bring you into. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. But Israel says we're going to die here, and, 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 and he, doesn't allow, he doesn't allow this problem to lead to desperation, but 
But there's some thirsty people there, and, and they don't want to die. They're not interested in dying. They're not interested in, in, in being thirsty forever. They're not interested in lacking water. And can I tell you, sometimes when you are lacking, when you don't have, uh, that is the perfect uh, amen, environment in which the miraculous can start to form in your life. Uh, it is often in a place where you do not have. It's often in a place where you don't have the money. You don't have the health. You don't have the education. It's often in that place where you are lacking something uh, that you own. Open up the door wide open to the miraculous. And you say, God, it's got to be by the hand of the Lord. As soon as you recognize, as Israel did, we can't do this. We've looked for water for seven days, and nothing's helped and nothing's worked. The minute you recognize you can't do it by yourself, it's at that moment you just crack the door wide open to a miracle. You just crack the door wide open to a miracle. And they begin to think, we're going to die. But yet Judah pops up and Jehoshaphat says, hold on. Hold on, before we start just throwing in the towel, before we start saying it's over, I want you to know that there is an opportunity here. I know there's opposition here. I know there's problems here, but opposition is just an opportunity. Opposition is often just an opportunity for God to do a miracle in your life. And here Jehoshaphat says, hold on. Is there not a man of God? Is there not somebody spiritual enough to see that there is a solution? I know that Israel, you got it all twisted and you've done your best and tried your hardest. But Jehoshaphat said, hold on. Before we throw in the towel and give up, I want to know, is there anybody spiritual left? Is there anybody that's got enough spiritual, amen, a spiritual mindset that can say, hold on, there, there might be another answer. There might be another way. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not a man of God in the service? and said, hold on, there is, and his name is Elisha. But I want you to notice the definition given to Elisha. They said, this is the son of Shaphat. This is the son uh, that, that followed the prophet Elijah, and he watered the hands of the prophet. Your problem is water, Jehoshaphat. Israel, your problem is you're thirsty, you're empty, you're in need, you're desperate, you don't have your answer. But can I tell you about a man of God? Can I tell you about a spiritual individual that has some has, has a history and has a record of handling water? You're looking for water to show up. But let me tell you about this prophet by the name of Elisha. He's somebody that's got experience, amen, in handling water. He's somebody that knows amen how to pour out water he's somebody that knows when people are thirsty can I tell you when you get desperate you need to know where you gotta go to get your answer you don't need to go somewhere where they don't have experience handling water. You don't need to turn, amen, to the person like Israel that wants to complain and say we're going to die. But you got to find somebody that's got experience in the miraculous. You, oh, somebody praise him. Somebody magnify him. It was there they called for this man that had experience, amen, in the very thing that they were looking for. Amen. If you're visiting with us here today, I want to tell you about the church. We got experience in handling water. We got experience in something that will quench your thirst. <laughs> we got experience in something that can answer every need. It's the solution to every problem. It's called the Holy Ghost. And they get Elisha there. 
And Elisha could very easily said, all right, this is what we're going to do. Here's my, here's my best recommendation. But that's, that's not what spiritual people do. They don't just give their best recommendation. Uh, they've got to get a hold of God. They've got to pray. There's got to be something. Uh, and the first thing he asked for, uh, he says, bring me a minstrel. Bring me somebody uh, that's going to play on an instrument. Bring me somebody uh, that's got an attitude and a spirit of worship. Uh, when you're in a moment of desperation, uh, it's not time to get around a bunch of complainers. It's not time to get around a bunch of doubters and a bunch of haters. I want to tell you, when you're in a moment of desperation, that's the moment where you need to find and get as close to somebody that's close to God. It's in that moment. He said, if we're going to get a word from God, it, it's, it's best to start by worshiping God. I know some folks here today, you need an answer from God. You need a word from God. But can I give you a quick word right now? Why don't you start by lifting up your hands and worshiping God? In fact, let's do that for just a moment. Somebody throw your hands in the air and just begin to worship him. Come on, let the fruit of your lips be praise. Let it, let it come out of your mouth. Let it bless him right now. Come on, there's some folks need an answer from God. But first things first, worship God. Worship God. Magnify and praise him. Somebody do that. I feel it right there. I feel it right there. Oh, come on, let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Elisha understood something. Israel or, 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 or the king of Israel did not understand. He said, he said you're complaining saying you're going to die, but you, all you got to do is look through our history and recognize God doesn't answer complainers. Amen. God doesn't answer. In fact, many of them could not enter into the promised land because they were murmurs and complainers. I want you to know complaining is not a gift of the Spirit. Complaining is not a fruit of the Spirit. That didn't come from God. Amen. I, I know that that's just a, a revelation for somebody. That didn't come from the Holy Ghost. And he said, you need an answer from God. You need a word from God. It's time, King of Israel, to get away from that. And he starts talking to Judah, which means praise. And he says, let's bring something, Judah. You call for me. You ask for me. Let's start worshiping God. And let's see what God will do. Amen. A whole lot can change in your world if all you do is just make it up in your mind. I'm going to worship worship God and I'm going to see what God's going to do so there's desperation there's manifestation of problems there is a desperation because you don't have the answer and it's at that moment he worships God and he told them I got a word and everybody's waiting okay we've heard about what God can do you're going to strike a rock and water's going to come out you're going to speak to a rock prophet and water's going to come out. You're going to, you're going to somehow, some way, just like Elijah on the mountain, you're going, to, you're going to see a cloud and it's going to appear out of nowhere and all of a sudden we're going to have to run because the rain's going to catch up with us and we're going to have to outrun chariots. Hallelujah. And they're thinking in their mind, uh, we know exactly how this is going to happen. Uh, we're ready for that word. Uh, but can I help somebody? You're not always ready for the word that you're asking for. I can, I can attest to that. I wasn't always ready for the word I was praying for and the word I was asking for. He says, I got an answer for you. He says, this is what you got to do. Fill this valley 
with ditches. He's saying, here's the key to getting a miracle. You've got to make sure there's some effort on your part. Thank you, Brother Platinia, for the free shovel. Now, I know it wasn't free. I don't know what he preached, but I'm sure it had to do with this verse. <laughs> Y'all remember his message. is probably better than this one. But he said, you know what you got to do? When you really need deliverance, when you really need a miracle, you got to take the Word of God and you got to put some action to it. Can I help somebody? God can do anything. For with God nothing shall be impossible. He that believeth in God. Amen. All things are possible to them that believe in God. With God all things are possible. Does anybody believe that? God can do anything. But can I give you a revelation? God won't do everything. Oh, hallelujah. God can do anything, but that doesn't mean that God's going to step in and do everything in your life. When you need a miracle, when you need deliverance, sometimes God will come by and bring a word into your life and say, you got to put some feet to your faith. I want you to take that shovel. I want you to begin to dig some things out. Amen. Because there's a miracle that's waiting on you to start excavating. Can I tell you the third, the third progression uh, of a miracle is called preparation. Uh, sometimes God wants to bless you, uh, but you got to prepare yourself uh, for the blessing God wants to give you. Uh, sometimes God wants to deliver you, uh, but you got to prepare your life uh, for the deliverance. Uh, sometimes God wants to heal you, but you got to prepare your life uh, for the healing. Uh, he said, so you got to take your shovel and start kicking down and moving dirt out of the way and you fill up this desert you fill up that dry place I know you're thirsty right now I know you're empty right now but I want you to go into the desert and start digging holes and start digging ditches and start making room for the miraculous in your life oh somebody praise him Come on, take about 30 seconds and worship God in advance. I know it might be dry where you are. I know it might be hard where you are, but you got to start making preparation. Somebody stand all across the building and begin to worship him. Come on, somebody begin to magnify him. Somebody begin to praise him. If you, have, if you want a miracle, you've got to start preparing for it. There's so many people that want God to bless them, but God can't bless you because you've got too much junk in there. You want rain. You want water. You want something to quench your thirst, but you've got too much dryness where you're at. You've got too much hardness where you are. And God's saying, I want you to start excavating. I want you to start digging. And they started digging ditches and not understanding what was going on. But he gave them a word. Can I help somebody with that word? He said, you're not going to see anything. Oh, it's easy to follow a word from God when we're going to see something, right? When we're going to feel He said, you're not going to see the wind. You're not going to see the rain. You're not going to feel nothing. But I can help somebody right now. A word from God is still a word from God. 
a hymn shovel. Please don't dig the carpet up. Hallelujah. But, but you got to dig anyways. But I'm thirsty already. I know, I know, I know. It's desert and it's hot and I'm already dehydrated. And now you're going to make me do more work. Yes, that's sometimes what God will ask you to do. God often asks you, he said, amen, don't just go one mile, go two. Don't just give your coat, but give your cloak all go. Don't just turn, just get this cheek up, but you turn this cheek up. God always asks his people to do just a little bit more. And he said, you're not going to see it. You're not going to feel it. It ain't going to happen the way you want it to happen. And we'd often say the final progression of a miracle is expectation. But that's not right. It's anticipation. And there is a difference between anticipation and expectation. Can I help you notice the difference? Expectation is the blind man at the gate, beautiful, who's laying there, laying from his mother's womb. And when they come by and they say, look on us, the Bible says he expected to receive something from them. You know what expectation is? I've already got a predetermined idea of how this is going to work out. Come on, I want to help somebody. God's not boring, is he? I think I think we gotta we gotta we gotta work on this for just one second, brother. It, it's so often we think we figured out God. We got God figured out. We know exactly how he's going to work. Uh, water from a rock. Uh, God's going to bring manna down from heaven. Uh, God's going to bring quail in from somewhere. We've seen this before. But sometimes God's got to change us from expectation to anticipation. Anticipation doesn't say God's going to do A, B, and C, and then I get to D. All it says, I don't know what A is. I don't know what B is. I don't know what C is. He said, I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to feel it. I'm not, but I know I'm, something is going to happen. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody magnify him. There's got to be some anticipation for your miracle to show up. Somebody has got to let their anticipation rise up. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Throw your hands in the air and begin to magnify him. I don't know what to expect. God, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what to expect, but I anticipate a miracle. You got to go through opposition. And once you get done with opposition and it manifests itself there, you find yourself in a place of desperation. You go and you try to find the answer. And God says, you got to make preparation. You got to start removing things. That's where some folks are at right now. God's saying, You got, you know, that bitterness has been stopping you and hindering you for so long. I can't heal your, I can't heal you because you're too bitter about X, Y, and Z. I can't, I can't do that because there's too much doubt. There's too much fear. Let me remove that. You got to make room for the miraculous. And when you get done, 
and you've done your job and you've made sure I made plenty of room. I made plenty of room for God to move. I made God, room for God to move in my heart, in my family, in my mind, in my life. I'm now going to sit back. I don't know if it's going to take a month. I don't know what to expect, but I am anticipating that eventually, I don't know if it's going to come from the ground. I don't know if it's going to come from the sky. I don't know. All I do know is I anticipate there's going to be a miracle. Let's clap our hands and worship him. I want to open up this altar. There's some folks. I want you to bring not your expectation of what's going to happen in the altar. I want you to bring your anticipation. It says, I don't know what. I don't know what he's going to do. I just know he's going to do something. Somebody begin to dance in advance. Make preparation for what you've been praying for. Somebody dance and make preparation in your heart. Glory, hallelujah. This is what we've come got to do. Anticipation. Says I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm riding the devil in Jesus' name. Tonight, we've got to ride. Shake the foundation with faith. Glory, hallelujah. This is what we've come to do. Tear down strongholds, break the chain. Find the devil in Jesus' name. Tonight, we've got a right to shake the foundation with faith. I got a praise and I gotta get it out. I got a 
you to notice that not maybe not uh, he might now you don't know how it's gonna happen a check might show up in the mail you weren't expecting but you were anticipating a some he said you know all that digging you were doing you thought you were wasting your time there's a second part to the miracle he said, I want you to take all those rocks you dug out, all those hard, you know that hard time you went through? See, some of y'all think God wastes your hard times. You remember that dry season? You remember when you were real thirsty? You remember when everything was rough? Come on, I'll preach to somebody. He said, every man, grab those hard things, grab those stones, and they went, and every good piece of property in the enemy's camp, they started marring and throwing. Somebody, you need to start praising God in advance and start grabbing up those rocks, those hard things, and say, devil, in your face, somebody praise him. You want to let loose, go hog wild, and tell that old devil, no. 